Hello and welcome to the Third Floor Corridor podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kyle, joined by... Stephanie. Our secret Animagus co-host. Ooh, what am I? Oh, I didn't think about that. I would say a cat, but that's been done already. Maybe like a sloth. I am very lazy. Yeah, but you're like an efficient sloth. Like all the other sloths are like, how does she do it? She's 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 the the cast out. Like, oh, she's... It's like, um, when was it? With uh, Flutter... Oh, with Fluttershy. Um, mm. When Fluttershy goes back home and you find out that her... Her parents are even meeker and, and shyer and more of doormats than even she is. And yeah, it's, it's always weird to me in stories when, like, someone gets cast out because they're, like, a less extreme version of their extreme emotional trait. Yeah. But today we will be covering chapters 17 and 18 of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Those chapters being Cat, Rat, and Dog and Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. I'm ready. A lot of commas in these chapters. I'm so I am ready, ready for it. And uh, one of these chapters where it picks up right where it left off. They are outside Hagrid's and they're like, oh, no, Buckbeak's dead. They killed him. Those, I can't believe that they did that. You bastards, you killed Buckbeak. And then they're like, gonna go back. They're, yeah, they're gonna go back. Or Harry wants to go back. But, yeah, Harry... It, Harry sometimes has these reactions where he literally just loses all logic and is like, no, gotta, gotta be a, a good friend. I'm like, yeah, there you go, Harry. He not is a, a good friend. He has another moment like that in, like, Not a good time second. for it. I mean, I, I sometimes look back at the earlier books and wonder, like, if Harry had, like, gotten spotted here, I don't think he would have gotten any trouble. No, I don't think so. They might have, like, tightened restrictions on him, but I don't think he would suffer any punishments. Like, Harry is basically bulletproof for the first three books. Between Dumbledore and Fudge, do? what are they going to do to him? Like maybe they'll give him detention. Maybe they'll do something like, like, but they're not going to like what arrest? Like, what are you, what are they they're going to handcuff him to Neville, so he <laughs> so he can't go anywhere without being having Neville See, that pounding would be, his footsteps. That would be a useful security measure. <laughs> that would because Neville is not nimble. You're you're nimble. not pulling off any secret escapes with Neville. Yeah, Neville's not nimble. He's very he's very timid. He doesn't like to, to get in trouble, so he's not going to do anything, like, rash. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always hope that some of Neville's traits will rub off on Harry. I think this is a great plan. <laughs> yeah, it would work It would work wonders. I'd be like, okay, there you go. It's That's the true chosen one, is Neville and Harry handcuffed together. Yep. But If they had done it sooner. Who knows how things could have changed. But scabbers basically is still freaking out at this point and he manages to get away from ron yes which uh, it confuses me because i'm like does he know yeah it's a little weird because he he seems like it makes sense for him to be nervous and like freaking out a little but he's like just full-on like lashing out and like yeah like desperately trying like wild panic which you brought it up before we started recording Maybe he knows Sirius is nearby. Like, I was wondering if maybe, like, he knows since they're close to the Whomping Willow. Maybe he has, like, an idea that Sirius is using that as his hideout sort of thing. I don't know. It's really, really confusing. I don't know exactly like, why. Yeah, it, it would make more sense for him to, like, keep his shit together and stay in Ron's pocket. Until he they gets get, to Hogwarts. Yeah, until they get into Hogwarts. And then he can hang out with all his rat buddies. Yeah, I, I, if I were him, I would be like, okay. Ron isn't going to let anybody attack me while... Yeah, Ron still has that, like, oh, my pet came back from the dead, like, like glow. 
Yeah, exactly. So he's going to hold on to like, him and defend him against Crookshanks. Just let him take you back to the castle. Once you're inside the castle, you're basically fine. Then you can always do the exact same thing you did before and escape. Unless he's just, like, lost all reason at this point. Maybe. Which is possible. But he, he makes a break for it, and Ron, impulsive as always, just runs out from under the cloak to chase him. And they're like, uh, fuck. <laughs> so everyone ends up chasing Scabbers. And they get him. Yes. Briefly. Yes. I believe this is where he bites Ron. No, he bit him to escape from him, I think, the first time. Okay, it was one of those times, though. And Ron is really affronted. He's like, Scabbers bit me? Like, what is Rats can bite pretty hard, too. Yeah, I know they can. And he, basically, he manages to get away again, right? Like, they get him briefly, but then he gets away a second time? Well, I don't think so. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, he has him when he goes into the tree. That's right. He picks him up and just slams him right in his pocket. Yeah. Just his deepest pocket. He's wearing Jinko jeans, and he just, like, shoves him down to the center of the I earth. I assume that he had, like, a, like, a, I don't know, like, a, like, almost like a flannel shirt with, like, a, a chest pocket. Mm. That's how I but was pictured it. At this point, they are intercepted by Sirius, and we soon find out Crookshanks is in league with him. And I think he, I, I don't know the sequence of events. He, he... he, he Pounces on Harry, knocks Harry over. Knocks Harry over, grabs Ron, and starts dragging him toward off. Yeah. There's this thing of, we don't realize it yet, but they're, like, right next to the Whomping Willow. Which, okay. Uh, yeah, if I'm a Hogwarts student, I would always have in the back of my head, like, hey, am I am I in, like, the, the 30-foot range of death that is the Whomping Willow? Well, that's the is like they don't even recognize that they're there. They don't realize it and they still and get fucking I, attacked. I also don't think it's properly nighttime yet. If it is, it's like early night. Yeah, but still like but my point is that like you can get close to the Whomping Willow and like not really real like even though they know about it. Yeah, they don't so recognize well, I that think they're there. What happens what is Ron gets dragged off and they of course go after him but they get like hit by something. And this is when they realize, oh, we're, like, right next to the Whomping Willow. And they see Sirius drag Ron into, like, a a weird hole at the base of the tree. Man, I really hope that hole wasn't visible. Because I know it's a murder tree, but if I'm a student, I'm like, I gotta see what's in that tunnel. I gotta know. I mean, if it... I don't know. I never pictured it as being a particularly large. Sure, hole. I could see Dumbledore spreading the rumor like, "Hey, you know about the secret tunnel under the Whomping Willow?" And students be like, "What?" And he's like, ah, "Don't, <laughs> don't worry about it." Though, this does bring me to one of my, and I don't know if you want to discuss this right now or if you want to discuss it a little bit later. What is with all? I want to say Dumbledore, but I'm gonna go out and say maybe all wizards are tend to this like. They have the world of magic at their disposal, mm-hmm. and instead of coming up with, basically at this point, any alternative, any form of alternative security measures to keep somebody away from a place or thing, mm. their first instinct is always put something dangerous that will kill you well, that's... in front or on top of it. That ties into a note I had, which I actually finished reading the chapters, and, like, the day after, I, I was thinking about them, and I was like, man, Dumbledore really g- 
guards or protects things, kind of like a cartoon supervillain would. Like, instead of, like you said, making it magically or physically inaccessible, he's like, <laughs> let's just put something wildly dangerous in front of it, and that will keep people yeah, away. Yeah, like, so instead of, like, anything else, we're like, oh, no, we're gonna put, like, a weird deterrent in there that will hurt or kill you, but... That does I mean, it. If you even want to look at it that way, he could just make it like, just close off the tunnel and have it open only with a password. So, uh, okay. So my point is that I don't mind it so much because, like, you notice that the same thing happens because they have the dragon, for example, in Gringotts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fine with that could, because I guess it could be a wizard thing. I, I'm fine with that particular instance because I'm like, oh well, it's a magical you know, world thing. Well. In that case, you, you assume that there's not going to be... The, the, your default bank robber is not going to be a child. Well, that one I, I thought made a lot more sense because it feeds into, like, classic dragon lore of, like, they're guarding hordes of treasure. Yeah, I'm fine with it in that scenario mm-hmm. because the idea of putting something super dangerous that, like, could kill you if you try to get past it as, like, a deterrent is fine when it's, like, an adult because then you're like, okay... Um, we're deterring adults who have to make the conscious decision, either risk your life to get the thing or die. You're risking your life. But doing it in a place that is specific, like all of your quote unquote trespassers, either on purpose or on accident, are going to be children, mm-hmm. is very, very suspect to me. Well, what what makes it really weird and honestly kind of futile is that the idea, okay, the idea is we need a place for Lupin to go when he transforms into a werewolf. So they have this I tunnel and house su- he goes into. I am supportive of the idea of having it be but somewhere slightly off campus, like outside I, of the campus. I get that. My problem is the idea is we need to prevent students from finding him as a werewolf or he'll kill them. So we will put a tree guarding it that will kill them. No, that's exactly my point. Slightly slower (laughs) if they're lucky. Like, best case, you get hit by it and you're like, oh, it broke all of my ribs, but at least I didn't get killed by a werewolf. No, that's that's my entire point is the the capacity for this thing. Like, you want to deter the kids from going there. Okay, great. But you're, you're guarding a dangerous thing with an equally dangerous thing. Yeah, you. The kids can. Very much either accidentally, like, not realize that, like, because both times, like, where we see this happen with Fluffy and the Whomping Willow, the first time they get, like, they encounter the thing, it's an accident. They're like, oh, like, they don't realize that they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, as, as a deterrent to someone who's trying to, like, make a focused attempt, that's one thing. But, yeah, like you say, but the fact then, that you can kind of just stumble into them and just die for being in the wrong place at the wrong time yeah you could just stumble into it and die from being in the wrong place at the wrong time they mentioned that that actually has happened somebody lost an eye or something at some almost point. i think i think it was that uh gudgeon boy yeah but even so even if you like okay focused attempt you look at kids like they're just kids like fred and george or this gudgeon kid mm-hmm. who are like oh I'm, I'm gonna do the thing that i'm not supposed to like the, the kids are like like Vicious little deviants. It's yeah, not their fault. Like, also, if if I was curious enough, I'd be like, hey, the Whomping Willow only has so many branches. What if we got, like, ten people and we all made a go for it from opposite sides of the tree? No, yeah. Like, I 
when I was a kid, and I, like, discovered, like, secret tunnels that went underneath, like, this, like, historic landmark near us that Mm. was, like, used to, like, transport things in, like, the snow and everything. I was like, oh, I gotta go check that out. Even though I wasn't supposed to. That's kind of what I want to get at, though, because like you said with Fluffy... In the first book, they find Fluffy, and they realize immediately, oh, he's guarding a trap door. Yeah. Same thing with the Whomping Willow. People realize, oh, it's covering up a tunnel. Like, you can have things hidden in a way that doesn't invite curiosity. Yeah. Like, it's Dumbledore. I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure people would be able, be perfectly fine with the explanation of, oh, yeah, he just wanted a tree that can kill you. On, in the school grounds. He's Dumbledore. Yeah, why not? like, why not? But, like, the thing that bothers me about it is, like, I feel like kids like Fred and George would be like, hmm, what's on the third floor corridor? Like, like let's go check that out. Yeah. Um, but that's 100% thing, something that a kid would do, and a kid wouldn't care that you're like, oh, it's dangerous, don't go do that. Because yeah, they're kids. Like, also, I've been there. I, as an also, adult, I know better, but... they're wizard kids, so danger is much more muted to them. Yeah, they're like, oh... No. Oh, what's what's the worst that can happen? I'll get my limbs ripped off? No, That's I'll fine. Just, I'll just get them back. Yeah, we'll just, just fake them. Hey, Madam Pomfrey, I lost three out of four. Can you can you put me back in order? Bam. You got them back. Drink this bottle of limb grow. It just, if it were me and I needed to hide, so I, I think I would do the same thing as Umbler and be like, okay. Like, I know some people will be like, oh, they really shouldn't have brought Lupin there. He's a danger to the to the other kids and i agree Mm -hmm. however if i were dumbledore what i would have done go figure is i would have had all of the teachers so instead of having one teacher take lupin there the night of his transformations and drop him off Mm -hmm. i would have teachers on rotation where a teacher would be taking him to an area that was very secure and the teacher would lock him up and guard the space against other kids and against Lupin escaping. See, yeah, my my thought would be similar where I would basically have them potentially using a tunnel out of the school. Additionally. A, a teacher escort him out. Once they're outside the school grounds, apparate away to like a big cave or something. Yeah. Additionally, I would have the... 100 200 feet around the area cut off with an age line and put enchantments there that unless you knew exactly what was there you would be uninterested in going there like something that would deter you very similar to break bills and i'm i'm not sure if that would work on wizards though it's implied you can enchant stuff to have muggles like get distracted well, and i do it anyway just in case a muggle maybe yeah. happened but upon at it. the end of the day like we have this this thing with snape where he almost wanders into the death trap but i think he would have he's he's a inquisitive little shit he would have figured it out even if sirius didn't point him in that direction like, yeah. like, look back at the, the things protecting the Sorcerer's Stone. I, I would think a couple of seventh-year students could plow th- right through most of those. Eleven-year-olds could. Yeah, three eleven-year-olds did. One seventh-year could probably get the Sorcerer's Stone. One fifth-year could do it. Yeah. I, I have no doubt in my mind. Like they they don't really do much magic to get through. The only, the only seventh or fifth-year that I don't think could do it is Neville. Because you have to, you have to. Well, hold fly. on. Does he have a sword? No. 
No. He only has a wand. Okay. He has to fly to get the the key, and mm. I don't think that he could do that part. Well, if he had a sword, he could just smash the door down. They never really tried much beyond Alohomora on the big door, did they? No. But I assume that's because they were like, they looked up and were like, oh, this is obviously what we're supposed to do. It's like when you overthink puzzles in a video game or something. You're See, like, no, oh, that's that's what I'm saying, though. I would underthink the puzzle and just be like, I don't know which key it is. I'm just going to break the I'm door. I'm going to burn it down. It's going to take me a couple hours, but it's a door. I'll smash it. But well, at this point, you're a tiny little 11 year old. You have tiny little 11 year old well, arms. We take it in shifts. Maybe have like two of them like carry the third one and use them as a battering <laughs> ram. But, but my point I, is. It's that... it's a wildly irresponsible and ultimately ineffective way to do what it's trying to do. Uh, 100%. And it really, really bothers me. So, yeah, Sirius is in the mix, although we don't know it's him. It's just yeah. a big dog. Yeah, so Harry's like, like oh, oh, no, the Grim has finally come to make his move. And Crookshank shows up quickly and, like, goes after... Yeah, Hermione is like, we sh- we need to go up to the castle to get help. And Harry's like, there isn't time. Have you seen the size yeah, of this Yeah, because it, dra- it drags him off. And we, get, we have a little moment I wanted to mention where Crookshanks is, you know, kind of working against them. And she's like... Crookshanks, no. Stop that. Stop Bad it. Crookshanks. And I'm like, Hermione, for all your, your book learning, you clearly don't know how cats are. They they basically have to they have like like you said, they don't have time to go back. A big dog just dragged Ron to the tree. Yeah. And Ron in a last ditch effort was like, I will hook my leg onto this root, and that does not work out for him because Sirius just pulls him hard enough to break his leg. And drags him into the tunnel. Not cool, Sirius. Yeah, a little not cool, but, you know, they're wizards. They can just poof it better. But and this comes they... from somebody who is an ardent, serious defender. Not cool that you broke his leg, Sirius. Well, what are you going to do? Sometimes to make a murdered you gotta... rat, you got to break a few, few legs. legs. <laughs> but they, they're they sitting here just looking at the Whomping Willow like, um... I don't know what we're going to do. And thankfully, Crookshanks just activates the secret tree immobilizer that's built into the... Is I'm assuming this isn't a natural function of the Whomping Willow. Who but knows? Like we never see another one. magical thing they put in so they could it, access the tunnel. It could be. Yeah. It could be like a natural thing, like that's built into Whomping Willows, and like maybe I, I they're wonder, not always in the same spot. Or how the Whomping Willow doesn't seem like it discriminates its targets. This no. thing must kill animals constantly. I mean, I assume they would avoid it. They but... have a, they have like a. It's supposed to be played for humor scene in the third book where uh, it kills a, a bird. Yeah, a bird like is like, like flitting and like twittering. That's what I mean, though. Like, I just like. I'm sure some of the smarter animals would avoid it, but, like, there have got to be just, like, bird and squirrel corpses just littered around the Whomping Willow at all times. Yeah, in the movie, it, like, kind of just appears in a puff of feathers, and you're like, did it eat it? Oh, so whimsical. It's like in a a cartoon when they kill someone in a way that it's like, oh, there's a big explosion, and then they're gone. I'm still like, they died, though. (laughs) But But they're dead. So, Crookshanks has immobilized the tree, which thankfully saved them the trouble of having to figure it out crookshanks is really like weird here like i don't know how much to read into like his motivations or like how smart he is jay um 
sent me um, some kind of weird, like, it, it must be some kind of, like, I don't know, fan theory, meme thing, but, like, a lot of people, not maybe not even a lot of people, but there's, like, a theory that Crookshanks is, like, because Crookshanks is old, and mm. they mentioned that the only people who were living at the Potter's house was James, Lily, Harry, and their pet cat, and the theory God. is that, like, Crookshanks was their pet cat and was, like... And knew Sirius, and therefore knew that that Peter Pettigrew had had had, had like gotten him. So then he's like, huh, 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 "This is what I'm gonna do." And that's the whole thing. No, it's 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 a crazy theory. I, I mean, I was gonna make a joke crazy theory that uh, Crookshanks is the secret fifth Animagus Marauder, but bum, bum, his name was And. It was an ampersand. That was he was kind of like Prince. He just had a symbol. So it was Mooney, Padfoot, Prongs, and he was the fifth one. Oh they, my they god! They snuck him right in. I love it. But no, it's it's stupid. I'm just talking nonsense. <laughs> but they deactivate the tree, and they're like, "All right, I guess we'll climb into this tunnel." Which yeah, all right. Harry's a good friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I feel like you'd be a kind of a bad friend to not like at least try to help him. When he just, you just watched your friend get his leg broken and dragged into a tree tunnel. I know, but at the same time, like, I could picture, like, they're, I mean, they are 13 at this point, so they're a little older, but I could still picture, like, other well, kids that, being, that like, is, too scared. That you know? is probably one of Harry's most prominent traits in the early books when he, I would say, doesn't have as much strong characterization. When the chips are down, Harry is dauntlessly brave. Yes. Like to an absurd degree like he's scared in the chamber of secrets which reasonable you're fighting a a raid boss by yourself yeah but he still does stuff he doesn't just completely freeze up no and at this point harry's like i don't give a shit i'll fight any dog any cat to get ron back well no yeah he loves ron at the end of the day like there are many many instances where harry's like love of of, specifically ron Mm -hmm. is like well, it, his loyalty is dauntless. Yeah, but I, I do, speaking of Ron, want to mention, they go through this tunnel, which I think Harry has a, a note. He thinks like, oh, this seems as long as the tunnel that goes to Honeydukes. Because it makes sense. It's still going from the school grounds to Hogsmeade. I, I just want to bring this up because I thought about it. I am shocked Ron is not more hurt being dragged through this really long tunnel. Like, I think it's like it. A mile at least, if not. Well, yeah, because they mentioned that it took Harry, like even I think sprinting, because when they, when he ran back after the Malfoy mud incident, mm-hmm. I think that he got he made it like in forty five minutes or something. But like he's yeah, like, it's not a short and, tunnel. It's, so it's Ron long. is being, windy, I assume, sweating. quickly and violently dragged by this big dog. Well, if Ron's not only smart, through this he's tunnel, stop like yeah, but there's stairs. He gets dragged up a flight of stairs. I'm just saying, I'm I'm shocked Ron only has one broken limb by the end of this. Maybe he has more, or they just, you know, not as noticeable. Um, but they they follow, and they, they end up, immer- well, they kind of follow Crookshanks the whole way, which again, I'm like, what is Crookshanks' endgame here? It seems like he he's just Sirius. like, yeah, an ally to Sirius who wants to stop Pettigrew. That's why the that's why the theory that Jay sent me was like, oh, Crookshanks is it was the Potter's I'm just cat. I'm just picturing this scenario where Crookshanks like sees Pettigrew and is like, you're not a 
you're not a rat. You're a person. And then, like, bumps into Sirius and is like, you're, you're also. And he's like, yeah, I know I'm not, but but I want to get that guy. And it's like, oh, okay. I thought it was, I thought it was just me. Like, that's a guy, right? Yeah. So they team up. Yes, they team up. So then they're being. Crookshanks is, speaking of Dauntless, Crookshanks is a Dauntless serious stan. Yeah. Absolutely, like, willing to give his life to protect him. Yeah, I know. But, I, but, they, but Sirius kind of kind of hits it back. Sirius, when when Harry is going to get him, Sirius, one of his concerns is like he's trying to push Crookshanks off of him so Crookshanks doesn't get hurt. And I'm like, they're best friends. Sirius. This is a cat. Like, why is your concern the cat? And Harry even has a note where he's like, so so Sirius Black cares more well, about I, this cat than he did about well, my parents. I, I think Harry's in a pretty wild state of mind at the time. I think it's supposed to hint that Sirius is not, a bad not person. yeah, like, evil. Well, they also hint vaguely I mean, at it when It's ha- the, the go-to like, trope of, like, animals like you if you're not a bad not person. Evil. But they, okay, so they get through the tunnel. And they find out that they're in... And they're like, oh, it's wicked fucking spooky in here. Yeah. And of course it is. They're in the Shrieking Shack. Which they say inside is, like, all, like, trashed up. I want to know, why did they furnish the Shrieking Shack? (laughs) I was going to say, why did you put furnish... Like, I could understand putting, like, some bedding here and there, because he's still got to sleep. But they mentioned, like, tables and chairs and stuff. And I'm like, he's a wolf. Wolves don't need chairs. Yeah, well, I was telling Jay about it. I was like, why? And he's like, oh, you know, because he's not the wolf the whole time. Maybe he wants to sit down. It's like, sit down on the fucking floor. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, there's a four-post bed upstairs. Yeah, there's a bed. There's, like, there's tables. There's chairs. And they mentioned that, like, there's wallpaper. I'm like... But why? Yeah, it's sort of like Hashtag remember uh, remember that one episode of Sherlock where they mentioned that there's this like block of buildings that aren't real buildings. Yes. They're just like a like an exhaust chute almost, or like a mask for it. Oh yeah, it's like to hide the 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 train or something that. Goes yeah, like why it. would you? I mean, it's it's actually kind of fitting for Dumbledore, like the idea that he would furnish this this sham house he built. Like, sure, this is just a place to lock my werewolf student so he doesn't kill anyone, but, you know, I want a little decor, like... No, it's, it, it told you, it's that's, that's when Dumbledore, he used his crate and He's barrel. He's a furniture wizard. He's a furniture wizard. He, that's where he had to... Which, I have to say, they, they mentioned there's, like, a, a big bed in the room they end up in, and it's on the second floor... I don't think wizards could do muggle moving and get a bed up a flight of stairs and into a room. No, like, they conjured it. He just summoned it from the furniture dimension. Yeah, no, but this bothers me. And, like, we talked about it earlier, like, a dumb form of dramatic irony. Yeah, we'll bring it up later, but there's a lot of things about the Shrieking Shack that bother me. And they really come to a head here. But they, they get here and they're like, oh, we're in the Shrieking Shack. And they hear... I guess some noise upstairs. I don't know what it is, but they're like, all right, let's go upstairs. And they do, and they come into a what looks like a bedroom. It's got like an old tattered bed that Ron is laying on. 
And it's he's like, uh, Ron, hey, glad to see you're safe. Where's the dog? And he's like, uh, bad news, guys. That's not a dog. And like the door slams behind them, all dramatic. And you, you were you were saying, Sirius is such is, a drama queen. Sirius is a drama queen, which I kind of get. But the way he's written in this stretch specifically, it's it's sort of like um, what they did with Snape in the first book, where they write him to seem as villainous as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, they have this exchange where, like, uh, I did want to mention Sirius. I don't know if this is supposed to be, like, him just being a really good wizard, but he seemingly disarms both of them with one swing of his wand, which I'm like... Ron's wand. Yeah, I guess it is Ron's wand at this point, but one, one disarm gets both of them? I'm like, damn, look at this guy. He's got it. And he also has both of their wands now. Yeah. And they have this exchange where it's like, oh, no, you're if you want to kill Harry, you're going to have to kill us. And we get like the most dramatic line of like, I only came here to commit one murder tonight. And I'm like, and you could just say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going to kill you. you. Guys. I, know, I know this looks bad, but I'm, I'm, I'm here to kill the rat man. I mean, his series even put Ron up on like a bed. He was like here. Yeah. Like Ron didn't probably climb into the bed himself although we get lines from Sirius that he he's not like completely insensitive and blind to ron's condition no yeah he tells him like like there's like small little hints that the cat him telling ron like please just like you're gonna make your leg worse just sit down although the the drama kind of ramps up here because i feel like if i was in the main trio I might clue into the fact that something is up here, because if Sirius wanted them dead, they'd be dead already. Well, then Harry, like, loses it and starts freaking yeah, out. Harry goes fucking wild this And he's stretch. like, he's like, what? You never had a problem killing, like, all those muggles when you killed Do it. Through. Do like, it, you coward. You. Kill me. And Sirius is like, man. Man, if you weren't James's son, I would just fucking punch you. <laughs> But they, they have kind of like a tussle, like Harry just throws himself at Sirius and is like trying to beat him up with his, I guess it's an even match because he has like 13 year old strength against like emaciated crazy man strength. Well, I mean, you obviously have to also say that like, well, Har- like at one point, like Sirius like grabs him by his like throat to like get him off of it. I mean, he I, doesn't like, he could easily hurt him. Yeah, again, they, they wrote that as like trying to seem really bad, but I was like. Nah, I mean, he's just trying to get them off. Yeah. Again, if he wanted them dead, they would be super dead. Yeah. But they... If he didn't care about even hurting them, I think, they would be way hurt. Yeah, I think it's at this point that they basically managed to overpower him and get the wands back. And this is when we have, like, the standoff with Crookshanks. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cause yeah, that's before Lupin shows up, right? Yeah. So and then... so Harry's like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna kill you. And then Crookshanks jumps on his chest. <laughs> And it's like, no, you won't. I'm like, um... And it's like, well, Crookshanks, this is like a very bold move from you because nobody likes you. I really wished that the movie had done this how I pictured it in my head where it's almost like this deflation of tension of like, I'm gonna kill him! And then Crookshanks just jumps in and just it's just this awkward pause of like, move. Get, Get out of the way. Like, you're trying to get a cat to move, and they don't want to move. Yeah, and Harry's like, well, if I have to kill a cat, too, I will. And then and he's like, but I wanted I to. I wanted to mention that. We <laughs> we never have a, a very full idea of, like, the magical repertoire of the main trio or the students of Hogwarts. I don't think Harry could kill Sirius, like, 
in one go. No, no. Like, that's, like I, I don't even that's... know that, what's he going to cast Expelliarmus on him like 80 times no, and just like, kill him does, from the force? It doesn't make any sense. Like, Harry, he hasn't thought that far. He's like, oh, I'm going to use my wand, I'm going to kill him. And like, I'm sure at one point he's just like, oh, yeah, cause, I don't I even mean, know how to kill him. The way it's written, it's clear that Harry deep down knows something's up and he's not okay just killing someone Well, I don't think that he's blood. okay with killing somebody in general. I don't think that Harry but, was ever going to do Yeah, it. no. And I get that's what it is, but part of it read a little bit to me as like, you, you didn't know how to do it. You don't but know. Also, yeah, he he wouldn't have known how to do it exactly. Yeah. Like even like, yes, there maybe are... he was just gonna stab him in the heart with his wand. <laughs> There's definitely like moments where you can sit there and go, oh. Um, there's a lot of things that like students know how to do that they could do and kill somebody by basically by doing yeah, something like, like a different way. Like but you like, think about when when McGonagall gets hit with all the stunners. Yeah. Like I think you know the killing curse is. That's what it does, but I think you could kill someone with a spell, oh, just the, like, force of it. No, yeah, 100%, but, like, I think that a lot of the things that they know how to do now could kill somebody, but, like, you have to have that on your mind. Like, the well, creativity involved. Yeah, that's just like, what I kind of get at, like, like oh. as far as a direct, like, point wand at man to kill, I yeah. don't think they know any offensive spells. Uh, Expelliarmus is the closest thing they have to, like, a spell you can do on a person. Yeah. But they, at this point, they hear uh, someone down on the first floor of the Shrieking Shack. And I think Hermione's like, we're up here, Sirius Black's here, come help us. I was like, well, yeah, I mean. Smart. Smart, yeah, because. good I, choice. I, the, at first I was like, oh, you don't know if that's a friend. And I was like, well, yeah, odds are it is. I mean, you, you have... You have the worst case scenario here. It's not yeah. like the door's going to open and it's like, oh no, it's another, it's another serious black. There's exactly. two of them. But yeah. Lupin comes in and kind of like, yes. like pauses to analyze the scene and they're like, oh, it's, it's Lupin. We're saved. And I think he disarms Harry here. I think so. He, he disarms like, Harry. I think Lupin ends up with all the wands. He does. He and disarms Harry and he's like, where is he serious? Yeah, and we get this, like, again, weird dramatic irony where they're speaking in a way that, like, if you know what they're talking about, it's really clear. But he basically says, where is he? And he basically, like, indicates to Ron and he and they say something about, like, oh, you switched without my knowledge. And he's like, yeah. And then they they embrace as yes. as good friends. And at this point, the main trio are like, oh, what the fuck? Which, like... And, and Hermione is like... I I trusted you. I didn't reveal your secret. Yeah, she freaks out. She's like, I can't believe I did this. Like, this is fucked up. Like, I didn't tell anybody and I knew. And ah! and, and this is where we get the reveal that Loop, Remus Lupin is a werewolf. Bum, bum, bum. And to his credit, he's he kind of just takes this sort of in stride. Like, he's clearly like a little like, eh, about it. But he's, he's like... He's not happy. But he even mentions like, oh, so I guess, like, when did you figure out? And she mentions when like, Snape when Snape did it. Saying. He's like, oh, that'll make Snape like, so happy. He's like, yeah, Snape was hoping someone would. And Which is such a fucking dick move. And the next thing that happens, uh, I, I... I mean, I, real quick, you mention it. I don't want to harp a long time on this, but I want to harp a little bit. Com consider werewolfism, lycanthropy, I guess I would say, as like a an illness. 
you are basically exposing the medical condition of a coworker or trying to hint to it to students. That's really fucked up. No. Like like replace uh, lycanthropy with another illness this and this will is, happen. This should this be a fireable happen. offense. When we discuss Sirius um in maybe its own episode or we discuss Snape, but ultimately this is but this comes into my issue of Snape is that a lot of the fucked up shit that they're like, "Oh, Sirius and James are fucked up. They're bad people, but they did a lot of the fucked up shit that they did when they were kids and Snape is doing a lot of fucked up shit now as an adult." And yeah. like that is something that everybody just yeah, defends I'm, Snape well, on. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to write it off and say, like, they didn't do some things they shouldn't have done, but they're, they're kids. Kids are dumb and cruel. Kids are dumb and cruel. They lack, like, empathy. They lack, like, that foresight. And, and, like, and to be to fair, it's not like they're just lashing out against Snape just because. Like, they even mention, like, Snape has attacked them. Yeah. No. We'll talk about it, like, in that, at that point. Yeah, but, like, I, I think we probably will do a special me. episode that's, like, a in-defense of Sirius Black kind of thing. Yeah, I think that there's, like, a lot of, like, really sound reasoning for why Sirius feels the way that he does and why he hates Snape as much as he does. Because Snape basically represents everything that his family is. Like, people defend Draco, for example, for, yeah. oh, it's not Draco's fault that he is the way that he is because his parents are blood purists and kids always want to be loved well, by that's, their parents. That's, that's what I said, so. uh, I think it was a couple episodes ago. The idea of, like, if you want to explain away Draco's, like, pure blood superiority stuff yeah. as, like, influence of his parents, that's one thing. It doesn't accept, like, the other, like, mean-spirited, malicious things he does just like as a person no yeah but the and point, his overall outlook but my point is that like people will defend draco but then like sirius who is in the exact same situation like he could live in like this life of privilege and class and like like his parents could like him but he doesn't he rejects their ideology even though really i, th I feel like that shows a great strength of character to begin with but then he sees this character of snape who has a choice. Who's basically, basically like the opposite side of the coin to him. Someone who has sought choice. out and chose. Yeah, this like the ideology thing he left. and this like dark arts thing, and he's like, oh, and that makes him really angry. Yeah, Some people Snape... are like, oh, they're make he makes fun of him because he's poor and unwashed, and I'm like, but no, that doesn't check because he defends Pettigrew and is willing to die and defend him, even though Pettigrew is a cowardly, dumb. Yeah, overweight and, and snape doesn't like, even have the excuse of like parental influence like his sure he had a bad home life but they weren't blood purists yeah they weren't pure bloods no it is very very so like even though again and i will not defend sirius in terms of bullying snape like bullying yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that sirius is a faultless character but i think that it's a flawed thing but it's a reasonable flaw yeah but he's a fucking angel compared to snape because Snape makes all of these decisions as an adult, and I think it's really fucked up what he does to Lupin, and I think yeah, that and it's we really... Even, we even get an instance near the... Right at the end of the uh, chapter 18 where, like, Snape doesn't have the full story, and he gets it here, and he still acts like a dick. We will come to that in a hot second, but I just wanted to say, because this is at the very end of the chapter, but Lupin basically 
Ron makes like a sound that he's hurt and Lupin goes yeah, to Lupin try to help him. Lupin goes to like help him like get be- back on the bed. Because like, he's concerned for him. And and this is, I, I think I'm going to say to this point in the series and absolutely this point in the book, the worst Ron ever looks. Maybe Maybe something later will change my mind. But Lupin sees that Ron is hurt. Mm-hmm. and goes to make him more comfortable and ron says get away from me werewolf and i'm like oh ron and like hey that doesn't like like okay. say whatever you want I, about ron in this scenario but the thing that bothers me is like i feel like that's like such a horrible well i was i was gonna say i i think there's context here i'm sure growing up as a wizard werewolves are demonized yes but this isn't, like, just some random werewolf. You know Lupin. Yes. But, like, I- I'm not going to say anything about Ron. Like, Ron's a kid. Like, whatever. Like, it- it's fucked up, yes. But, like, I f- what- it- this moment, like, struck me because in... This is, like, Lupin. Like, Lupin genuinely cares about Ron. He's a caring person. He's a caring teacher. Hmm. He's mentored this kid. And for him to try to, to help this kid and then be basically like shunned because of what he is like i feel like that's like a it's like a that's like a kick like that's like ouch like poor yeah, like, lupin like no lupin is visibly hurt by this yes. and i mean I this just, is something that he experiences throughout his whole well, that's, life that's what i wanted to mention the cultural aspect of it because the wizarding world has a lot of outgroups yeah and but they're... the fact that snape is like so doesn't care about throwing lupin under the bus for this like is in my opinion really fucked up yeah it's just a shitty thing to do to not even someone you know or a co-worker but just another person yeah and so all right at this point lupin lupin seems to realize like okay things are things are pretty tense here i gotta i gotta sort of like I gotta ease we the have tension to re- here. We have to rebalance the let's, power. Let's rebalance. So he he takes all the wands. He gives each of the kids theirs back. He puts his in his pocket. He's, he, I think the line is literally, there, you're armed. We're not. Can we talk? And I love this because Lupin is just so, like, reasonable. Yes. And just, like, brings things... Like, it's still tense, obviously. They're in a room with a murderer and he's like, that rat's a man. I want to kill that rat man. Yeah. Which, yeah, they get that line where he says, like, oh, no, he's an animagist. And Hermione's like, well, they're they're all registered. And he's like, well, we did it illegally. Because, of course, they did. Why would you register? I, I'm sure if you get caught, you get thrown in Azkaban forever if you're an unregistered yeah. Yeah, animagist. Of course, of course. But I, I, I wouldn't register. No, yeah, neither would I. Unless people find out there's no benefit to registering. Because then you can't do cat crimes. I don't. I don't even look at it as that. I would just be like, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, really? Because I, I, my immediate thought, if I was Nan Magus, was well, we, I, I we would be a. I was lost. Well, how many heist crimes robber. could I commit? Well, you could be part of part of my animal heist team. Fair enough. We have different skills. You could be like the the person in the van who like. Oh wait, we don't have technology. You could be the person in the broom, who like a seven uh, person broom. Yeah. Uh, we we gotta give some thought to how wizard heists would work logistically, but we see one. Yeah, that's true. We see true. one in book seven. It's not a it's not a great one. Well... I, okay, the, the the first half is good. They didn't have an ex- escape plan, yes. and I th- I love the part where they realize right at the end, like, so how are we getting out? Oh, we got the cup. How are we getting out? And they all kind of collectively look at each other to like, oh, okay then. Well, I don't think it's a problem until the the cups start to. Um multiply well i just mean if they had the cup and were outside of the the multiplying vault 
I don't think they had a plan to get out except try and leave through the front door. Yeah, but that would have been fine, I think. Yeah. Who knows? But, anywho. So, we get a lot of exposition explained here. Yes. But, by the way, at this point, we've, like, transferred. We've we've slightly, like, hopped over into chapter 18. Yeah. Well, I mean, they. this is almost one big chapter. It really ties together. One, two, three. So, Lupin, I think, says early on that... He he is here because he saw someone on the Marauder's map that he knows to be dead. This being Pettigrew. Yes. And he came out here and he really casually reveals like they're like, Oh, you you use the Marauder's map? He's like, Yeah, of course I fucking use it. I made it. But don't worry about that right now. I'm I'm Mooney. He's Padfoot. Ron has Ron has Wormtail. Prongs is dead. Uh <laughs> Prongs is dead. And then, by the end of this series, we all will be. All of us will die. Except for Ampersand. He's still alive. The Ampersand still lives. Good to see you, um, Crookshanks. But he, he explains that he came out here to basically... I mean, I, I like, he, I guess, still didn't know, like, for sure Yeah, he, he thinks, about Sirius. Well, he doesn't know how this could be. But Okay, so the long and short of it is, he reveals that, as a werewolf, he... he was able to go to Hogwarts because Dumbledore made, to be fair, some very special accommodations for him. Yes. And he basically would go during his transformation time, because they mentioned the Wolfbane potion is a recent discovery. Yes. He would go to the Shrieking Shack, get all his werewolf angst out, Yes. and then they would bring him back. And his friends clued in, because like, he said, like, oh, I had to go visit family, or I was sick, or whatever. And I'm like... Yeah, like, reliably every month. Gotta yeah, come up with a better story, Dumbledore. It, it like, doesn't, it doesn't Honestly, track. The pro- I mean, it sucks because it's, like, it would tie to the full moon, but I think you'd be better off just, like, saying he has some other illness. Like, you need a better smokescreen than that. Yeah, no. But, it's very, very strange. But his, something his... that I will say before we get into Lupin's, like, uh explanation that i just wanted to mention is like ron is really upset that they keep calling him peter really like he like he's like freaking he's, out he's scabbers he's, he's not peter he's my pet and i'm like well admittedly in his defense like i think that in any kid defense. would be like freaked out by the idea that he's basically clutching a wizard man a grown wizard man to his chest all the time yeah like ron is quadrupling <laughs> down on like his like, name's no. not Peter. He's my rat. Like, Stop what? calling my pet the wrong name. <laughs> like, no, he's like, well, really upset. I, I also really wanted to mention, <laughs> since we're talking about Ron, I'll bring it up now. We get what is a really, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it is. Where Ron hears part of the explanation is like, they all, I think the trio is a moment where they look at each other and like, oh, these two are crazy. And Ron's like... Alright, well, uh, I'll be going now. And he just tries to, like, casually get up and walk out of the room with his broken leg. Which I think is when Lupin, like, goes to help him. But it's just so weird to be like, Ron, you have a broken leg. Why are you trying to just get up and be like, alright, oh, look at the time. See you guys later. (laughs) Well, I mean, they tried everything else. It's just such a weird move. Maybe he's relying on that sense of British politeness to be like, oh, wouldn't want to hold you up. On your way, Ron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got studying to do. You've, you're a professor. You know the workload here. Time's a wasting. But okay. it's the end of the year. Exams are a coming. Yeah. Like, Wait, no, the exams have already happened. Well, whatever. You could be like, oh, I got to start studying get, for next year. Getting my uh, my pre owl studying in. I know I'm. It's the year after that, but 
They're terrible. Mm. You got to be ready. We have to study for the Powells. The, the Powells. The practice OWLs. Oh, I would love to sit down and come up with some more uh, wizard test acronyms. That'll be a whole episode. But, okay. So, Lupin basically says that his his three other friends mm-hmm. uh, basically figured out something was up. And uh, two-thirds of them being smart clued into the fact that he's probably a werewolf. So, they undertook the process. And it they mentioned it took a few years to do. Yeah. Well, because you can assume that they didn't come up with, like, the perfect plan at yeah. first. They probably so were they, like, what can we do? They decided to become animaguses. So it probably took them a little while to come up with that plan. And I think they mentioned that, like... And it's a long They kind of needed to help Pettigrew through yes. it because he sucks. Which, like, again, he is consistently depicted as being, like, this weak, sad, like... Like, even McGonagall is like, I don't understand why they were even friends. Because yeah, well, James I, and Sirius were, like, bright and smart and clever, brilliant kids. And that's, like, that's what's really weird to me, too. Like, I get that he is pretty much directly responsible for Voldemort coming back eventually. But, like, Voldemort doesn't care about loyalty. I don't know why he has him... Ha- like, Voldemort doesn't need bodies. Like, Pettigrew's useless. He gets in a fist fight with two 17-year-olds in the last book and almost dies. No. And he doesn't even use... He has to try well, choking Harry to death. Oh, no, yeah, like... He's that, a bad wizard. No, yeah. At, at that point, at, basically after Voldemort comes back, he, he has no patience for him. Like, well, he that's, doesn't... Well, that's kind of... Uh, yeah, unless he Hank keeps him around to be, like, a punching bag. No, he like, does. Like, Voldemort says, like, oh, Lord Voldemort rewards those who are loyal to him and i'm like yeah short term long term he doesn't give a shit no yeah he just uses him as like a body to do like but that's what i mean once he rises to power you don't need that that's is that why he has him go like live in snape's house it's like Pettigrew. i need you to uh i don't know live in snape's secret passages yeah basically um (laughs) it's just that's what he that's what he does but he does need he as useless as Pettigrew is, he does need Pettigrew. Like yeah, I, it's, prior to that, I guess it's sort of like uh, the idea of how Dumbledore keeps Trelawney on the shelf. Maybe he wants to keep Pettigrew in play. I don't. Well, at the beginning, he needs him because at that point he doesn't have like a corporeal form, and then like mm-hmm. even when he gets one, even when he's the the he's jerky like a, baby, he's like a jerky baby. Like he can't do anything. Like he needs somebody to like. He needs tend Pettigrew to, to be his daddy. Like exactly. Which he's. I guess okay at. I mean, I guess. <laughs> no one else wanted to do it. I can't picture, I can't picture, uh, like, any of the other Death Eaters, like, nursing a, a gross, shriveled Voldemort back to hell. Are you kidding me? Be- Bellatrix would be... She, okay. She'd be with, into With it. the exception, but I can't picture, like, Daddy Malfoy or, like, McNair just being like, oh, shh, and, like, putting the, <laughs> the bottle in the crook of their arm to check the temperature and shit, like... It's just weird. But, okay. So, they became animagises so they could go and hang out... With Lupin. With Lupin as a werewolf. And they mentioned that since Sirius and James were bigger animals... Yes, they're, like, they're very large They could animals. basically keep Lupin in check. Lupin mentions that he... Well, at first, they, they, they when they first ter- figure out how to turn into animagises... They go. They, they would have Pettigrew, because he was a small rat, activate the tree knot. Yeah. Which they found out about somehow. And Well, Lupin would have told them. I guess. Well, I, I always pictured it as, like, they kind of surprised him with no, the whole Animagus no, thing. 
No, I think that they don't. They didn't surprise him. I think that he knew about what was happening. Oh, that's much less sweet. Well, but the, the 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 sweet moment was when they found out, and Lupin like even says here, he's like, and I thought that they were going to reject me, and my worst fears were ever going to come true, and they didn't. They were so yeah, but they worried would go, about me. They were concerned about me. They would go and hang out with him, and he mentions Inside that like yeah, at first he mentioned that hanging out with them like kind of helped him be more calm as his wolf form and enough to go hang out and if he did get out of line Sirius and James were big enough to like get him yeah although it's it's, James was a deer I don't know how he would keep him under control without just goring him but whatever it's fine I'm sure werewolves are tough yeah they're hardy but uh and he mentions like just like boom like he mentions like he felt bad that he was kind of betraying Dumbledore's trust and I was like Dumbledore wouldn't care no yeah but I did want to point out, like, he does say, he says, like, he, and I will say, like, I like Lupin. I will give him a lot of flack for not coming clean because it wasn't a good thing. Like, he is morally wrong here, but he's a flawed character. And I feel like they explain, like, Lupin's explanation about why he never tells Dumbledore that, like, Sirius is an animagus. Yeah, because that would mean basically fessing up to this whole thing. Yes. And showing that he betrayed his trust. When, like, Dumbledore was the only one. And I was like, I can understand that. Like, I feel like that's a very human response. Yeah, but I was actually thinking about it. I never got the sense that, like, the, the interaction between, like, animagus or animals and dementors was, like, a well-known thing. It isn't. Yeah, because Sirius describes it as like, yeah, it just seemed to work. No, I don't think that it's a it's a well known thing. I think that Lupin probably was just like, oh, maybe that's how he's getting into the castle. Yeah. Like, although, so, like, yeah, if if you want to just use that explanation, it probably would have helped the wanted posters to be like, also he might be a big dog. Yeah, like then it would have been a much easier thing. But I don't I don't really judge Lupin I, for this. I feel I feel like it's not. It's not okay, but it's understandable. It's like an understandable reason that he does this because at this point, like as we as we demonstrate, like we see with Ron, where Ron like rejects him and that like like this is something that he experiences his whole life is people like rejecting him, nobody like accepts him and like Dumbledore is the only reason why he was even able to go to school and see other kids and of course he is like horrified at the idea that he betrayed Dumbledore's trust and he never wants to admit to it. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, I, I get it on, the on like, looking at it from Lupin's perspective, but I don't have a lot of respect for Dumbledore, so I don't feel... I wouldn't feel bad betraying his trust if I knew, like, his true character. If I knew his true character... Like, even just the fact that he 100% hired Lupin on this year hoping this kind of thing would happen. I actually want to like, I was, point I was... out that I think that the reason why at the end of this book, Dumbledore very purposefully sends Harrius off um, just on the run and never tries to fix it, even though he should. Like, I think he would have let him die if he thought that Harry would never forgive him for it. Because he's like, oh, we can't have... Because Sirius would have taken Harry. Mm. Harry. Sirius would have had Harry go live with him. And, like, then you might have, like, you know, yeah, can't have a spine. His, can't have Sirius Black's name cleared because I'm Dumbledore and I'm a shithead. No, yeah, like, I think that that's a really, like, fucked up thing. Well, I, I was actually thinking, I think the sequence of events 
I am fairly certain that he hired Lupin after he knew Sirius was on the loose. It was it was a last minute hire, but oh, but anywho, they they mention as part of this one thing I wanted to bring up. I feel like the end of the episode is going to be about the Shrieking Shack, so I want to bring this up now. He mentions that he has to take the Wolfsbane potion at the the week preceding preceding his the week of his transformation. So why would he turn into a werewolf in this? So book? why would he transform? Like, did he keep going to Snape and be like? Did you, you got the you got the potion and he's like I'll get to it when I get to it. No, I'm glad you pointed this out because I put it. I said this actually doesn't make sense because if you so he says if I take it in the week preceding the full moon I'm safe. But yeah, he he turns he turns now. into a wolf, but he's able to retain his senses, so he just like hangs out. Yes, but that's not what happens. He turns into a full blown werewolf here and. They mention, like, oh, he must have forgotten. Maybe it's a movie thing that they say that, but even so, like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, seeing that detail about the, the week preceding, I, I actually I actually went and flipped back because I was like, wait a second. So there's no reason why. Like, they kind of make it seem, and in the, I know there's a line in the movie, but I haven't, obviously, I haven't read. Yeah, I feel like right as he's transforming in the movie, he says something like, Oh, right, the potion. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, he must have forgotten to take his potion tonight. That's something they say in the movie. I don't know if it happens in the books. I'm going to have to wait until next week to figure it out. But um, there's no reason why the, the excuse that they give is, like, in the heat of the moment, in the excitement of the night, whatever happens. Like, Snape shows up to give, I think that's what happens. Snape shows up to give him the potion, and Lupin doesn't take it because he's gone. He already yeah, left. But Snape, that that makes Snape basically worse. Well, he can't get much well, worse, but he waited th- until literally mistake. the last night. This must be a mistake. Yeah. Because if he has to take the potion in the week preceding, well, if, if, he wouldn't be taking it yeah, this if, night. If you want to say that this is like a... This is a plot hole. Kind of a plot hole as far as like timelines go. I agree, but it's not the worst one we get in What's this stretch. What's the other mistake? It's the Shrieking Shack. We will get the... So, that. okay. Yes. I, I want to finish the, the sequence of events in the chapter, and then we can rant and rave about the Shrieking Shack and how it makes no sense. Okay. So, there's a point during this conversation where the door to the room they're in opens, and everyone just, like, sits and stares at it, and they're like, what was that about? I, someone says, like, oh, this place is haunted. It was the ghosts. Yeah. And Lupin explains, like, no, it's not haunted, and he goes into his whole thing. But he mentions that as part of this, Dumbledore was like, okay, you can come to the school. We're going to have a place for you to go wolf out. I He mentions that the, the Whomping Willow was put in place as well as the Shrieking Shack and the tunnel built between the two when he started at the school. Yes. So this really bothers me because the Shrieking Shack has this reputation as being the most haunted building in London. Yep. And all like, of Britain, I think. All, all, of, of, all of Britain. Yeah, so that's like... the Isles. Yeah, that's a lot and of space. Th- this is a well-known reputation that this place has. And granted, Lupin was in there for seven years, on and off, making some ghosty noises. Yeah. But... But th- he, yeah, this... maybe not. Maybe not, because if they stopped Oh, yeah, going... if they started leaving, then yeah, it might have only been like three, four years. Yeah. 
Well, then, yeah, I'll then, go okay. with, like, maybe six years. Okay, but then you have to accept the fact that the most haunted house in London, sorry, Britain, mm-hmm. keep messing that up, is less than 30 years old, or about, th- like, just over 30 years old? Like, yeah. 30 and change, let's no, call it. No, it, it's very confusing. And also, why like, would they care that it's haunted? Like, yeah. ghosts in Harry Potter universe aren't, like, they even, they even Harry has a moment when he walks in, and like, I, they yeah. go, ghosts didn't do that. Like, he yeah, sees I, all I the can, broken furniture. I can accept the idea that not all ghosts are, like, friendly gentlemen, like Nick, but... Even so, it doesn't seem like they can hurt people. Yeah, it would be weird to me as a person who, like, lived in Hogsmeade for, let's Maybe say, like, 50 years. Maybe, but, like, I'm picturing... Okay, say you are Aberforth, and someone's like, oh, yeah, I came to town to Shrek check out the Shrieking Shack. It's haunted. And he's like... No, they built that thing 32 years ago. Yeah. No one ever lived there. He's like, wait, so they built an abandoned house? Yes. Yeah, no, this is where <laughs> Dumbledore's, um, I said Dumbledore always wanted to work at Wizard Crate and Barrel. Like, he was going through a phase I mean, um, the... <laughs> where he wanted to make, like, a, a haunted house aesthetic. That's what I'm saying. Like... If you have the tunnel, why don't you just end it in, like, an underground chamber that is like more like of a prison instead of like a furnished home you could even have it like have a drop off so that werewolf lupin couldn't climb out and they could like throw a rope down or levitate him out when he's done instead dumbledore is like i will build this house derelict house by design yes and somehow convince all of the people of hogsmeade that it has always existed i i just had a thought that i actually love the idea of that maybe he hired like actors to pretend to live there and staged like a grisly murder (laughs) so that like people would believe it was haunted but it's just I'm, okay, I was actually thinking... I wonder how poltergeists happen in the Harry Potter universe, because the only thing that wizards should be concerned about is if it was just full of violent poltergeists. Yeah, which, even then, it's implied you can get rid of poltergeists. Yeah. But where I started thinking about this and it bothered me is, like, I have to imagine that there are, like, wizards who specialize in ghosts and ghost studies... And you would think that some of these ghost experts would go and investigate the the most haunted building in the country. Even if it was only, like, wizard historians. Like, wizard historians might want to interview. Yeah, like, imagine going to Hogsmeade and asking everyone, and the best you get is like, Oh yeah, I remember, they built that when I was a kid. I don't think anyone, it was boarded up from the start. Yeah, no. Like, that's the thing. Like, in order for this to work... Like, the, the Shrieking Shack moniker makes sense, that but... It's, it's like a Shrieking Shack, Like, but... maybe, maybe it's because we've, we've played a lot of Phasmophobia this year, but I want to get in there and find signs of the ghost, and instead you get in and you're like, ah, oh, it's just like a bashed-up old house. Except it's not that old. It was built quite recently as, as houses go. It just doesn't, it doesn't line up. It doesn't make sense that this house that is less than 50 years old no, like, has yeah. this reputation as this abandoned, extremely haunted place. Yes, because people who live in Hogsmeade for any length of time would recognize that this house was never had anybody living in it. It was built in the, like, the last 30 years. It, like, 
it was built it was always looked like this also like they they mentioned the house is boarded up no one no hogwarts student ever tried to get in they were all like nope too spooky for me can't handle it well they say they're like oh we always dumbledore encouraged the idea that it was haunted yeah, but, but like that's, even so, that's like, what I, I mean. It's care. it's like mass conspiracy theories. You can't get everyone to go on board with that. That's why I mentioned Aberforth. He wouldn't go along with that. He'd be like, "No, it's just a, a empty building my brother used for some of his weird schemes." <laughs> right? It's just it it bothers me. It's a plot hole. No, it's it's very very weird. Which, I don't understand it. Like, I get that's actually one of the hardest things to do that you end up with plot holes is, like, planning things out chronologically. But all of this would be more acceptable if she didn't have it mentioned here that it was built when Lupin started school. Just say, oh, yeah, that was an old abandoned haunted building that we then built a tunnel into and guarded with the Whomping Willow. Yes, that would be much better, and I think that that is actually how I interpreted it when I was. A yeah, kid. but reading through this time, I was like, "Nope." Like, I, I, like, all right, the Potters died in their really early twenties, right? Yeah, like, uh, like I think they were like twenty-one, twenty-two, uh, if not twenty. Like, yeah. they got married right out of Hogwarts. They got married right out of Hogwarts, but then it, it had to have been at least two years because. Yeah, but that so twenty twenty-one. And then from there, we have, what, 12 years? Because Harry was one. So that means that the Shrieking Shack has been there. And it's all of them empty now at this point. Yeah. It has not, theoretically, there's nothing about the Shrieking Shack where it would. Yeah, that was probably also weird. The point where the Shrieking Shrek, Shrieking Shrek, the Shrieking Shrek just stopped shrieking. Yeah, so it has actually been shrieking. Dumbledore goes in there every once in a while and and hoots and hollers to keep the to keep the lie alive. No, I'm telling you, I I I don't buy this like because it's the it, the conspiracy is too big and too recent and the logistics just do not work. No, no, no. It doesn't make any sense. It bothers me to a substantial degree because at this point the shrieking shack has been silent. For over double the amount of time that it was shrieking. Yeah. So, uh, It's weird to think that this house was built, was immediately haunted for like five years, and then never again. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work out. Yeah. It's, it's, for Dumbledore, this is a sloppy plan. Surprised it worked. That's what I mean. I think an intuitive enough student, like, I think Snape... Despite how much I don't like him, he's he's smart. He would have figured this out. Well, even if I think they say I think that he saw Madame Pomfrey taking Lupin down there. No, but even without that, like all the breadcrumbs are there. Like, I don't know. I feel like all you have to do is be like ask someone about the shrieking shack who's lived in Hogsmeade, and then you have enough breadcrumbs to start following it and be like, Wait, when was this place built? Who's whose ghost is in there? Was there a, a heinous murder, or did, or did a mean ghost move in? No, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It makes zero but sense. Basically, the chapter ends with them talking about that, and some... Uh, oh, no, that's the, that's right. They start talking the about... The subject comes up of Snape, yes. and Sirius asks, like, Snape, what's he have to do with yeah, this? And he's like, mean? he's a professor. And I have to imagine at this point, Sirius is like, what? 
another thing. Can you imagine knowing Snape as a kid and finding out he became a teacher? Be like, what? Really? Did he like? Is he is he like a born again Christian or something? Like, did he have a big change? Yes. <laughs> I guess in a matter well, of speaking. And I'm wondering, does Sirius know that he was a? He actually was. Like, I know that he didn't like him because he was hanging out with, like, a bunch of, like, Death Eater wannabes. But did he ever find out that, in fact, he was a, a Death Eater? Well, if he I didn't, he, he finds out probably next book. Yeah. But um, at this, and he's, he, they kind of mentioned the whole thing where Sirius was like, ah, fuck Stape. I'm going to go have him get murdered by Lupin. Which, that's the only part I don't, like, that really bugs me about this, is the fact that... He would have made Lupin a murderer or Snape a werewolf. Well, actually, I wouldn't care if Snape was a werewolf. No, yeah. It's fucked up. Sirius is not in any way... Snape would be so mad, he'd be like, No, I wanted to be a vampire. Yeah, he'd be like, Werewolves aren't sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't have the physique. (laughs) Maybe he'd get the physique. You don't know. Maybe it would have changed his life. I can't picture Snape, like, having a a workout montage. (laughs) Snape bettering um, himself. Don't be ridiculous. Not in his character. Uh, but no, I, I I will be very clear. I do not defend what Sirius did. I I think that he sat there and he was well, like, I'm really mad. Like he, because I think that his justification in his tiny teenage brain was like, this bitch is trying to get us expelled. He's gonna expose Lupin. I don't like him. Fine. Yeah, I, you let him let him find out what Lupin is. <laughs> I will agree with you that I don't defend it. But at the same time, I don't condemn it because I don't like Snape. Like, apart from the fact that Lupin would have Snape's blood on his hands and probably in his mouth, I I wouldn't be bothered if Snape died. Fair enough. (laughs) Anywho, at this mention, Lupin says, yeah, so it went pretty bad and he almost got there, but James went and stopped him. Yeah. And And Snape hates me because he he thinks thinks, that I was in on it. He thinks that I was in on it. Me and James were both in on it. But he wasn't. Lupin obviously wasn't. And at this point, Snape, who we find out was under the invisibility cloak, because they just left it on the lawn? Yeah, they dropped it. Oh, man. I can't believe that. Like, okay, I get it. It's a panic moment. You're chasing to help help rescue your friend, but, man, don't drop the invisibility cloak on the ground. But anywho, he reveals himself like the dramatic Ponce that he is and says, I, I forget, he has some stupid like one-liner. I don't know what the one-liner I'm Severus is. Snape. And uh, he, he basically has them like at gunpoint. Yeah. At, at the end of the chapter. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's, it's weird to me that, so what, Snape approached invisibly and was like, oh, what's in this room? And just opened the door and was like, oh, shit, good thing I'm invisible. And good thing no one questioned the fact that a door just opened. Yeah. Whatever. It was a high-stress moment. It was a high-stress moment. I'll forgive them. But I do think that it. this is one of the things. And, you know, if anybody actually listens, they're going to they're gonna be like, no, no. Because there's so many freaking Snape fans. Like, they're just like, they'll defend anything that he does. But this is like a moment where I sit there and I go, mm-mm. I can't defend Snape because the things that he does now are things that he does as an adult like a fully formed adult i'm gonna be honest snape could go cut off voldemort's head with the sword of gryffindor and bring the potters back to life and i still wouldn't defend him 
No, it's it bothers me to a substantial degree because at this point he has basically sat here and he knows now that Lupin yeah. was not and, behind this. And it, it, yeah, like, like that that is one of the things that is more and more starting she to has bug me. Never as, grown as a person. Yeah, as Snape is getting like more into the spotlight as the books go on, he has such a like lack of depth of character that he is getting from Lupin here a completely unbiased version of events where he admits that he was not involved and he felt bad about it and Snape upon hearing this isn't like oh maybe I judged him a little too harshly not saying they have to be friends no but he like, has to forgive or him. like even like look at it from like his perspective where he's like oh like he was a werewolf like that's really fucked up like what's serious even if you like if he doubles down on his hatred of serious because yeah, of it like, like Lupin basically says here I'm like, glad I'm glad he didn't die. It, I would have felt really bad if he did, only to have Snape immediately bust in the door and I think knock him the fuck out or like no, blast he, him with a spell or he, something. He gets, he, Disarms him, I think. No, I don't think, because Lupin doesn't have a... He's Lupin, not armed at the moment. Lupin has a wand. Yeah, but he doesn't have it out. But I, the details aren't what I mean. He basically hears this and instead of being like, oh, maybe this is a little more nuanced than I thought... He just doubles down well, on his old hatred. That's my point. That I I cannot... This is why I will never be... A, I can't defend Snape. Because at the end of the day, he never grows beyond his teenage self. And he has no excuse for it. There are some people who are like, oh, well, Sirius never grows beyond his teenage self. But I'm like, mm, no, he does to an extent. Maybe not as much. But at least Sirius has the excuse of physically yeah, being Snape, lost. Snape doesn't have the excuse of a decade of emotional torture. Yeah. And just another, like, just quick a little aside that I'm just going to put out there. With regards to Sirius, I think that the fact that he is so able to forgive Lupin and basically everybody in the order like later on for i've said it before like there are times like in tv shows and in books and things where like people basically like the main character or the protagonist will be accused of doing a thing and being like everybody turns on them and the protagonist always kind of like bounces back from it really fast they're just like oh yeah you know i forgive you but like that's like a really messed up thing like the fact that for many, 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 many years, everybody just assumed the literal worst in you. Like, Lupin assumed that Sirius killed his friend. Like, everybody... Murdered 12 people in the yeah, street. Yeah, like, people just think the worst... It's the same thing for Harry. Like, I feel like Harry adjusts very quickly to yeah, the fact it's... that, like, for the entire second year of Hogwarts, people were like, yes... Harry Potter is a murderous psychopath yeah, who's like a killer. And it's he's... actually a little weird with Sirius that he doesn't have more of a chip on his shoulder about it. Yeah, I Because I, I would probably be like, yeah, it's cool that like some people know that I didn't do that, but I'm still mad that you fuckers thought I was a murderer and betrayed all my friends. Yes, but at the same time, I think that and Sirius is able jail to have... 13 years. Sirius is able to have a moment of reflection where he re he recognizes the flaw in himself where he actually had a moment of being disloyal because he didn't tell Lupin what happened because he thought maybe... He thought maybe for a moment that Lupin wasn't... Yeah, but right. I, don't, I don't think that would be enough for me to be like, yeah, I deserved it. Well, I mean, I think that that's, like, the thing. It's, like, almost like this, uh, it's, like, a, it's, like, the original sin moment where it's, like, oh, this is, like, the big sin that they have where if they had trusted each other. I mean, if, if Sirius is, like, 
that much willing to beat himself up over like a moment of doubt i think he's think, he's done his time i think he is very willing to like basically beat himself up over it because he's also willing to beat himself up over the fact that he says like even when harry like screams at him that he killed his parents and he's like yeah i might as well have like it's my fault like he blames himself for their death yeah like so eh, i do think that he's capable of having moments of self-reflection which in my opinion puts him above snape yeah like he has character growth and nuance and is able like to his understand. flaws are reasonable yeah i mean if, if you want me to argue against the fact that sirius is a better character than snape in every way imaginable i won't oh, i love sirius I'm yeah so sad it's down. pretty great well hey not yet but that actually covers, I think, these these two chapters pretty well. Yep. Not, not a lot page length wise, but no, yeah. ripe for discussion. And it does not stop because yeah. we have our fourth. No, man, I I think the yeah, last four. like six chapters of this book are just straight through concurrent. Yes, there's except only a maybe sm- right at the end. There's like a small little jump where like Harry uh, is oh, unconscious. Oh, they like leave the shrieking shack or whatever, but. Yeah, so that'll cover chapters 17 and 18. Next time we'll be doing chapters 19, which is The Servant of Lord Voldemort. wonder who that is. And chapter 20, The Dementor's Kiss. Which, (laughs) not sinister at all, those chapter titles. Yeah. But I think that'll do it for this week. I I enjoyed our discussion. I'm surprised we didn't talk about The Shrieking Shack for even longer. I'm telling you, it's, it's because Dumbledore wanted... To exercise his would, wizard would brain we, barrel. Would we be like the, conspir- the conspiracy theorists who are like, the Shrieking Shack doesn't make sense. What is Dumbledore hiding? I wouldn't necessarily assume that it was Dumbledore, but I would if be I like, lived in Hogsmeade, no, 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 I would assume is... Dumbledore was behind everything. I'd be like, Dumbledore, something else Dumbledore is responsible for. It's him. He's and the devil. people would, that's probably what Aberforth is. Yeah, maybe. But... Anyway, that'll cover it for this week. I uh, hope you all enjoyed, and you will join us next time. Bye! Bye.